everyone, and welcome to The Journey Expressed. This is where we talk about faith, friendship, and the more of God. I'm Jen Houston, and with me is my friend and co-host, Mel Boyd. Hey, Jen, and hey, everyone. Well, we are here to talk about the topic of being known today, and this has come up in our podcast, and it started with... Tammy Shea, several episodes ago, when she said that she felt like the Lord was saying right now in this time that God wants to know us. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk a lot about like, we want to know you, God, but God is saying, I want to know you. And so um, Lisa Shea was on our podcast recently, and Mm -hmm. she also spontaneously brought this up. And we just kind of picked up what we feel like the Lord has been putting down for us to explore. And we're going to take a deep dive into the importance of being known by God and each other. And to do this today, we have, I'm just going to unashamedly say, my favorite guest of all time. (laughs) My favorite guest of all time is with us. We have the honor and privilege of having my husband, Chris Houston, join us on the podcast today to talk about this. Chris, thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. It is a gift to be a part of the journey expressed, and I look (laughs) forward to all that we do today. It's going to be a good one. It is. We can't wait for you to express your journey. That's right. Yeah, Chris, thank you for being with us. And we want our listeners to get to know you just a little bit. We haven't done this in a while, our Get to Know You segment. So um, I just have a fun, lighthearted question for you. Just just tell us, tell all of our listeners, too, what you like to do in your downtime or what some of your favorite hobbies are. So some of my downtime is spent, actually, probably Jen would say a lot of my downtime is spent cycling. Mm-hmm. Um, I do it for many different reasons. One is because it is great for my health. Mm-hmm. It is great for my mental health. It's also great for the physical side of things. But also, it's probably the place where I've learned the most about the Lord on a consistent basis. So I think that also mm-hmm. keeps me going back to that fancy hobby. <laughs> it's, it is fancy, by fancy. the way. It is fancy. Um, and and honestly, you said for mental health, it exercise is so good. And I'm hoping that I'm going to get back into that in yeah. 22. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's it's amazing the difference that that can do for, I can see it on Chris, you know, like before he gets on the bike and then when he gets, it's like a totally different disposition. Yeah. So it's been life changing. Well, we're going to talk about being known today. And one of our um, keystone verses that we're going to use is from Matthew 7, 21 and 23. And this is that famous famous passage that talks about God saying at the end of the age to those who think that they were doing things in his name and doing ministry and checking off the boxes, but his response is, I never knew you. I never knew you. And and really, not to instill fear in any of us, and I know, Mel, you have something on your heart to share after I read this verse, but this is what the scripture says, um, Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness." Yeah, that's so good, Jen. I think, too, you know, just to emphasize that this is not—it's not fear-based, but just how the Lord—it's such a beautiful invitation of intimacy with the Lord and and being known by Him Mm -hmm. and being sealed 
Oh, as we've yeah. talked about. Yeah, that's good, Mel. Well, today we want to talk about this specifically with you, Chris, because you have had an amazing experience that we'd love for you to share with our listeners. And it has to do with expressing your journey, with hearing God's voice and uh, being known by Him. So would you share your story with us? Yeah, it's a absolutely treat to kind of think back on that period of my life, um, one that still resonates today. Uh, a time where I was working at a church and I would spend most afternoons, at least a portion of it, going into the sanctuary and, and praying, as you might do when you're working for a church. <laughs> um, and what happened was uh, I began to see that it became a routine, but not necessarily one that I was believing that what I was praying was actually being heard. Now, I was in a particular season where it felt like I had just been praying and uh, it was bouncing off of the ceilings and, and just coming straight back down to me. And I was walking around the sanctuary as I normally would when nobody was in there and just kind of frustrated, uh, a bit critical and a, and a bit downcast. I don't know if your listeners ever feel that way, um, <laughs> but it is a normal feeling. Um, and one of the greatest uh, passages is Psalms fifty-one seventeen. It says, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. That when we are willing to bring our vulnerability to him, he does not despise us, but instead welcomes us Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And that day, I needed to remember that because I did not feel that. And so what I was doing is just ask the Lord, can you just speak to me? And it just felt like silence. And I remember walking down. We have an aisle in the middle of the church, and I just started walking towards the back of the church. And the words, yada, 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 went through my mind. And I almost laughed. Uh, I certainly thought that this was not him. And so I went back up, though, just to try to be a faithful listener, uh, (laughs) and was up at the front and basically walked around and just kind of laughed at myself and just said, what are you doing? Just going back to your office and, you know, get to work. So I did so. The next day I woke up and I was reading 1 Samuel 3. And in verse 7, it just was like highlighted. It says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And when I saw the word to know, I just wondered, ah, I wonder what that particular word is in the, in the Hebrew. So what I did at that time was go to work and pull up my computer and pulled up the Hebrew lexicon. And what I ended up doing was looking up that word, and the word was, to my complete shock, the word yada, Y-A-D-A. And literally, I sat there with my mouth open, wondering what had just happened. (laughs) And I started reading, and it said that the word yada means to be known in the most intimate way. You know, for me, um, that story means that my life matters. Mm. And 2 Samuel 7, 18 and verse 20, uh, you can be able to see where King David, who right after he had asked about wanting to build the temple, and Nathan said, yep, go ahead and do what is on your heart. Nathan came back and had a moment where he spoke to David and basically gave him a word of the Lord. And in those words, he, what we would say, read his mail. 
his past, his present, and his future. And David's response was, who am I that I am known? It's the same word, yada, and then he turned to worship. Hmm. So what I would say for your listeners is that your story matters. Hmm. You know, for me who struggled with insecurity, this word, this word yada, this thought that my life mattered in the big picture of things was a game changer. Many times, I don't know for you all, it's easier for me to believe for others that God wants something for them. But what in reality I needed to get a clue on was that God wanted me to understand this word, and that released something in me that I continue to use daily in my job. Hmm. So like David, our response should be worship. Why? Because worship declares testimony. And as we have declared what God has done, we unlock testimony. There's only two ways to defeat the enemy, the Revelation says, the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm -hmm. When we speak our testimony, when I tell stories like this, that the enemy coming in with insecurity as the backlash for what he wanted me to hear daily, and I came in with the word of truth, which is, I am known by the Lord, uh, all of a sudden the enemy's words became lessened, and I began to realize that the enemy can be defeated with truth because we have the sword of the Spirit in our hand. We could be able to slice between flesh and spirit. Mm. And for me, that day was a declaration of truth in the face of the words, you are insignificant. Mm. How often, Chris, do you feel like that story and that moment comes to mind for you and that you actually use your own story with God to overcome? Yeah, so for me, you know, every day when I'm interacting with people, I begin to think about how they have a story that God is just waiting to unlock. Hmm. If they don't know him yet, uh, that is part of that story. If they know him, I have the opportunity to be a voice, to be able to speak truth of what he is doing in their lives uh, because that has been done to me mm. by other people. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I was just listening to another podcast actually this morning as I was getting ready, and she was talking about the scripture verse in um, Song of Solomon, chapter one, I'm dark but lovely. The beautiful thing is to be known by God in the middle of our darkness. You know, he knows all of our insecurities, he knows all of our shortcomings. Yet he calls us lovely and to be known like that in the most intimate way. And it takes a leap of faith to believe. You have to like leap out there believing that that's true. But when you do, I think you begin to blossom and you come to life. You're not afraid to dream anymore or, or you know, love freely and openly. I just think it's such a powerful um, it's just a powerful way for a human being to experience life to the full is mm -hmm. when you're known completely and feel that security and confidence in God and others. I mean, that takes also faith to yeah. let others know you and get to know you. Um, you know, just Chris and I are parents. Mel, you and your Chris are mm -hmm. parents. <laughs> and I I actually told my kids, I'm going to talk about you. We're going to talk about you on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I told them I was going to share this, but being parents and especially just being like a, a nurturer, 
When my kids are going through something, I can sense it. I know it. I know something's up. I might not know all the details because I'm human, but I know something is going on. And when they withhold their pain from me, when they withhold what they're going through, it breaks my heart because all I want them to do is to just come to me so I can offer wisdom, comfort, protection, or or maybe just a prayer. Like, yeah, I don't know what to do. Let's just share this burden together. I don't have it all together. Um, and I think all the more if we in our humanness, we're made in God's image, have those feelings towards our kids and towards one another, all the more our Heavenly Father has that and desires for us to make ourselves known before him. And Lisa Shea gave us a roadmap. Sometimes that means get in the garage with the punching bag, mm-hmm. talk it out with God in a way that you need to, and then listen. Listen like Chris did, like you did in your story. Like you you listened for his voice and you 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 went on a treasure hunt, really, you know, as you're reading the next day. It was almost like a treasure hunt for you. Mel, do you have anything? Yeah, I just as you're talking and as you were talking, Chris, just um the Psalms come to mind, you know, of mm. David and over and over just, the, you know, the the mess, mm-hmm. you know, that he he was in, um, sometimes that he inflicted and other times that were inflicted on him. But in the middle of it all, just how he would cry out to God in such vulnerability and depth and intimacy. Mm-hmm. And I love it because you can just hear, you know, in the Psalms you read through and you can just hear the cry of his heart. And then at the end, it's like he just looks up. Mm-hmm. He always comes back to mm-hmm. declaring who God is. Yeah. And um so I just that just reminded me of of that. Yeah. Um and that's something that I think is so key to this is that David he went through the things but he knew the character of God. And so when we have like true knowledge and belief in the character of God of who he is mm-hmm. as found in his names you're able to, or we are able to face anything like the giants in our life and still declare that our God is going to be the faithful blank, whatever name that is, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Roe, whatever it is mm-hmm. in that situation, and be able to draw from that. Because in the Psalms, we see his authenticity, but we also see that powerful declaration in the face of it to be able to be legitimately overwhelmed with who God is, to such a degree, it changed the way that he viewed his circumstances. Mm -hmm. That's so good. And I've got Psalm 77 here in front of me as just something that I wanted to read to our listeners. And at the beginning of this psalm, it's a psalm of Asaph. (laughs) And at the beginning of it, it is what we've just depicted to you, like the the disparity. But in verse 11, the declaration starts, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. You are the God who I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. And he goes on to say, I'm going to consider your works. I'm going to meditate on these deeds. And it's everything that we've just been saying is we need to remember who God is in the middle 
of our trials and draw on that. And at the very end, he comes back to say about God, your thunder was heard in the whirlwind, your lightning lit up the world, the earth trembled and quaked, your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. So I'm going to make a little bit of a turn here from God revealing himself to his people through people. Mm -hmm. And that's what he loves to do. He loves to do it through the beauty and nature that we see. It's like a treasure hunt, really. Life is is like a treasure hunt. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search a matter out. And that means, that's a proverb, that God is hidden truth. He has hidden things in the world and in each other mm-hmm. for us to discover. He calls us kings as we discover the glory that he has hidden. And I loved that. He says, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. And Chris, I want to turn to you again with this concept of shepherding. And would you just share with our listeners some things that you've learned on these extensive studies that you've done on shepherding? Yeah, sure. I mean, shepherding obviously was such a massive topic within the Bible. We in the Western church may not understand so much shepherding. I don't know about how the listeners have grown up, but I certainly did not grow up near sheep. (laughs) I saw them. And we don't have sheep in our home. Correct, correct. (laughs) My husband did. (laughs) Well, he did, and he is all the better for it. (laughs) Where I saw sheep was at the petting zoo. Uh, I didn't really think a whole lot of them. I knew they produced wool. Uh, I probably spent more time wearing it than I did thinking about them. But just recently at my office, we did a study on Psalm 23, and we did an in-depth dive into every single verse. And after this time, I have a different view of shepherding and the role of the shepherd. One of the things that God does for us is provide a safety in the fields to be able to lead us to the pastures that we need to go to, to go to the waters that we need to go to. He is audacious enough to, in the face of the enemy, create a table. He could only do that if he was a full uh, reigner of peace in our lives. As a shepherd, it's very Mm hands-on. It's not something that is uh, done from afar. It's not something like we sometimes think he spun the world into motion and now we're off on our own. No, he's right there with us just like a shepherd, a good shepherd, would be with his flock. Mm -hmm. That means taking care of it. It means being able to recognize when a sheep is in distress and do something about it. To be able to know that there are gnats all around the face and to know that an ointment, Mm -hmm. a pouring over of oil on the head of that sheep will help drive away those gnats. You know, some of us, we probably have those gnats flying around us, those gnats that try to nip at the very things in our lives that the Lord is trying to do that are a little bit of a pest or annoyance. And the Lord wants to pour out that same oil over us so that we can experience the healing to be able to uh, know who he is as a shepherd and experience what it's like to be healed as a sheep. Hmm. Yeah, that's so good, Chris. And I just feel like so often 
we feel like God is so distant, yet He does use people that are tangible, that we can touch, that we can hear, that we can look at in the face. And He allows us to walk in community together, to be shepherded by Him. And I think that's so beautiful. If we have eyes to see and ears to hear, like this truth that this person just spoke to me was from the Lord. That was from God, and it can be transformative. He is, I like how you said, hands-on. It's very hands-on. And just like he says in this verse in Psalm 77, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. I mean, that's hands-on. Yeah. hands-on ministry. Yeah. I just, you know, as you were talking, Chris, um, I was really encouraged by what you just shared because what stood out to me is is God in all of those. The key was it wasn't the sheep who was putting the oil on itself. It wasn't the sh- you know the sheep who was trying to fix itself. It was the shepherd who came over mm-hmm. and poured the oil. It was the shepherd who was aware, and that gives me such encouragement for situations right now that I'm praying for yeah. um, that are that are really hard. And I know our listeners have those in their lives right now, and um, you guys, and we have a lot going on in our world right now. So that just, what you just said was so encouraging to me. It was just such a beautiful reminder of, of how He does shepherd, and He's right there, and He's so close. Thank you, Chris. So this will conclude part one of our conversation with Chris Houston. Come back and join us for part two, where Chris will continue to share about shepherding and the power of vulnerability. We will share some vulnerable stories ourselves. Be sure to check out our show notes and thank you for joining us on the Journey Expressed.